followers. It's just plain old me again, Chris, and the mood has struck again for me to outlet my creative yet dark tendencies. So it's another write it, record it, release it bonus episode. Well, this ended up taking me more time to research, as did the last one, than I expected. So I gathered up the information before writing the final product, but I did write the final product in one day. So technically, I'm not breaking any self-imposed rules, but full disclosure and all, I'm nothing if I'm not mostly honest. But before we dive in, just a reminder to leave us a five-star rating. It helps a lot and we appreciate it. Also, please consider supporting us through Patreon or Buzzsprout subscriptions. I'll post the links in the show notes. So question, how many of you are a stepmother or have a stepmother or married a woman and made her a stepmother? Well, I'm one and I have one. There are lots of fun names for stepmothers out there like stepmonster or another mother. Some are derogatory, some are nice. Some stepmothers and even some mothers earn those not so nice monikers just by being themselves No need to even try. They're just so, well, steppy. Others are made of pure fiction. One quick note, this tale is of European descent from the 16th century. So the spellings and pronunciations of names and places are listed in different ways in different research. Being the American English speaker that I am, I'll do my best, but in all honesty, I usually took the easiest of the spellings and pronunciations that I could find. The story that I'm going to tell you is one about a beautiful young woman named Margaret. This is a way back story as Margaret was born one happy day in 1533 to Philip IV, Count of Waldeck Wildengen, and his wife, seven years his junior, Margaret of Ostfiesland. Baby Margaret was their second born. The family lived in a small town in northwestern Germany called Wildengen. Yes, Margaret was a countess born into nobility. Her full name would be Margaret von Waldeck. You're probably thinking, wait, What's with all the stepmother talk? I thought you were talking about stepmothers. We're getting there because you see, tragically, Margaret's mother would pass away while Margaret was at the tender age of four, leaving a terrible hole in her heart and her father's heart. But Margaret's father wouldn't need to be lonely for long, for he met and married Katharina von Herzfeld in 1539, the year Margaret would turn six. Katharina, now stepmother to Philip's two girls, was known to many for her own brand of beauty and vanity. Katerina preferred the very finest in clothing, decor, food, whatever she desired. And she desired the best. After all, she deserved the best, for only beautiful things could be worthy of her own beauty. Katerina so enjoyed gazing upon her own likeness that Philip purchased her a gargantuan, ornate mirror in which she could gaze at herself for hours. She did not take kindly to anything that stood between her and herself, and that included her stepdaughters, but most especially Margaret. She had no room for the blossoming girl. The child was a threat. Margaret was a beautiful child by any account. She was a favorite in the town, and as she grew, many viewed her as a female perfection, not unlike Aphrodite. Have you ever known anyone who just seemed to mesmerize others just by being present? They don't seem to say or do anything differently from anyone else, yet somehow time stops for just a moment when you're in their presence. It's not necessarily love or lust exactly, it's just hypnotic. And when you shake the moment off, it still lingers, like the feel of a soft kiss on your cheek for just a moment longer than the kiss itself. This was Margaret. She could lull the very hardiest of people into a trance that would gently take hold, linger, then sensually abate as she breezed past, leaving longing and desire in its place. 
As I said, Margaret was not lovely, but beautiful. Descriptions of her vary slightly, but the common themes were that she had skin of ivory, lips of the deepest red like the very blood that runs through your veins, and hair that would make the angels weep. There are some accounts of the color of her hair, blonde versus almost black. Some argue that given the Germanic roots of the family, her hair must have been blonde, while others state that it was remarkable because it was so dark. Either way, she was beautiful and graceful and everything her stepmother wanted to be and was jealous of. Although it should be said that Katerina was no slouch herself, historical descriptions state that she was in fact beautiful in her own right. But she didn't seem to possess that same mesmerizing quality. She didn't have that thing, you know, as they say in showbiz. When Margaret was still young, perhaps around the age of 12, she was sent to live with her mother's brother in Valkenburg Castle in what is now Limburg, Netherlands. Four years later, at the age of 16, Margaret would make another, this time more fateful journey. Margaret would travel over the seven mountains of the Spessart, often known as the Seven Hills, the highest of which... Uh, has a height of 460 meters above sea level. A difficult journey by 16th century standards. Margaret's father and stepmother had sent her to the royal court in Brussels. This was the court of Mary of Hungary, sister of Charles V, Holy Roman Emperor. Now, I'll spare you the history lesson here, but Charles V was the ruler of Austria, Spain, and the Netherlands, all during slightly different periods of time. In other words, Mary of Hungary was a big deal, as was Charles V and anyone associated with them. Remember that certain something I mentioned about Margaret's enchanting effect on others? Well, that followed her to the royal court. She was pursued by many for her affections, but none could woo the beauty until Charles V's son, Crown Prince Philip, arrived at the court and stole Margaret's heart. As their gaze met, the two were overcome with electricity and longing. They would need to be together, and nothing could stand against them. It would be like a fairy tale. The beautiful young maid, born of some nobility, and sent away by her evil and brooding stepmother, only to be swept off her feet by the handsome and strong prince, riding into the sunset on his trusty steed. It's a tale as old as time, a song as old as... Oh wait, I strayed into a different fairy tale. Never mind. But when word of Margaret and Philip's steamy passion for each other reached Margaret's stepmother, Katerina, Katerina's blood turned from cold to ice. She could not let this motherless child surpass her own station in life with that of a prince, no less. Nope, this would not do. The only thing that would make sense is for Margaret to disappear forever. By the age of 21, Margaret would be dead, and no prince's kiss would be able to wake her from her eternal slumber. She was gone, and Katerina could be free from her nemesis and again turn her vain attentions to herself. Does this storyline sound sort of vaguely familiar to you? Well, I'll take a moment to let you in on my fascination with this story. Although many folklore experts don't believe it to be true, others believe that Margaret's story was the inspiration for the Brothers Grimm, Snow White, and the Seven Dwarves. Now, I've certainly taken some amount of creative license in my retelling of Margaret's story, as details about many things from the 16th century are sketchy. But I did keep close to the facts as I could find them. And I'm sure as many stories throughout history do... If Snow White was loosely based on Margaret von Waldeck, it was also an amalgamation of other happenings of the time. For example, Margaret's family owned several copper mines in the area. They would bring children in to mine them, and they would house them in groups of 20 to work in the mines. Because of the cramped condition and potential copper poisoning, the children had spinal deformities that caused them never to grow to what would have been their full natural height, and many would actually refer to these children as dwarves. The children were often mistreated and malnourished, which often led them to stealing food to survive. 
One apple orchard owner became tired of the children stealing his apples, so he poisoned them as punishment to the children for stealing. There's certainly no evidence that seven of these children ever took Margaret in to help care for them and dance around with them, though. So you can see, taking different pieces of information and facts from that same time period could give you, you know, the seven dwarves. Also, Margaret's father giving her stepmother a huge ornate mirror actually seems to be legitimate. There are several accounts that that did happen, but I'm pretty sure there's no evidence that it actually talked. Additionally, Margaret was sent to the royal court in Brussels for a far more practical goal than just marriage. Her father wanted to create a closer relationship with Charles V for strategic and career reasons, which makes sense. Additionally, he believed that this could also aid in the release of Philip I, Landgrave of Hesse. Philip I was a German nobleman and champion of the Protestant Reformation. He had been held in prison in Brussels for his role in the Schmalkaldic War in 1546. That's as History is, I'm going to go with you. <laughs> it's believed that Charles V disapproved of his son's infatuation with the young beauty and forbade a union between them. Margaret's station had no strategic advantage for the emperor or his son, and at the time, marriages were really just a tool to be leveraged, not something a noble did for love or infatuation. Moreover, the young prince was actually already engaged to Queen Mary I of England, also lovingly referred to as Bloody Mary. Maybe we'll do an episode about her. So just to be sure that there could be no marriage, it is said that he sent a few of his Spanish agents to dispatch with the girl. There are, in fact, a few surviving letters from Margaret to her father at the time in which she tells him of her failing and deteriorating health. As she approached her 21st birthday, she penned her last will and testament with an increasingly shaky hand. And you, there's actually, it survives. You can, you can Google it and see it. It's believed that she had been systematically poisoned, but not by her stepmother, by Charles V's men. It could not have been her stepmother, you see, because her stepmother died not terribly long after marrying Margaret's father, only a year after Margaret left to be with her uncle in 1546, and he hadn't married for the third time until 1554 after Margaret's death. But the evil stepmother is just so much more interesting than a bunch of Spanish henchmen sent by some royal dude to do their to do his dastardly deed. No one was ever charged for Margaret's death, so the poison angle remains a mystery. There are other historical stories that could be Snow White inspirations, but I admit this one's got some sparkle to it. There are many out there who practice this sort of like fairy tale archaeology, if you will, and I think it's actually pretty cool. It's said by many that the Brothers Grimm did look at historical figures for many of their stories, and there are academic papers that explore these connections. In one academic paper out of Indiana University, the author translates text from 1738 and 1853 that recounts Margaret's death and the crown prince's potential intentions to marry her. After she died, the crown prince sent her father a portrait of himself on a wooden panel, 15 quote-unquote precious gifts, and assurances of continuous grace. Sounds like love to me. But I'll leave the final judgment to you, dear listener, and your intelligent mind and precocious imagination. So that's it. Thank you so much for turning into this bonus episode of Fury Within. Do me a solid. Consider supporting us by heading over to our Patreon or our Buzzsprout subscriptions. I'll post a link in the show notes. If you subscribe, we'll shout you out on an episode if you'd like. Don't forget to give us a five-star rating, too. It's really helpful so others can find us. Check out our Instagram and our website, Coward's Fury and Coward's Fury.com. Until next time the mood strikes, hi-ho, furious followers. <laughs>